right? But for us to reach that place, amen, a lot of times we never reach that power, we never reach that authority because we can't accomplish the simple things in God's word. And so he never blesses us with more, right? I mean, God is, God is very, very simple in, in his approach. He's like, you show me you can handle this, right? You be faithful over a few things, right? And then I'll give you many. I'm not going to give you stuff as long as you're floundering in what you've got, right? So step into the fullness of God, amen? And all of these things will be added unto you. You say, well, now wait a minute, Jay. That's not how that, that's not how that verse goes. That verse says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You just said step into the fullness of God. Amen? That's right, honey. You've got to have a kingdom mind. You've got to have a kingdom heart. You've got to have a kingdom vision. Amen? Because without vision, we're what? Dead. According to Scripture, without vision, you are dead. Amen? And I grew up on a farm, and you know what we do to dead things? We bury them. Amen? So God doesn't want us buried in church culture. He doesn't want us buried in religion. He doesn't want us buried in, in superficial things. It's why we had service with sackcloth on our walls, like, like Carl was talking about. Because, amen, we had a vision, and we had a hope, and we felt the power of God in it, so we chose to pursue it and seek it out, and we're still doing it today. Not sure when the mud and tape will happen. But we're not really, we don't really care. Amen? Because we're coming in this place for Jesus Christ. Amen? We're seeking out His full authority on our life. We're going to get the little things right. Right? And here's why we don't like getting the little things right. Here's why we don't like the process and we just want to skip over the stuff. And get, and get to the power and get to the glory and get to the emotion and get to the feel good. Amen. Why? It's because a lot of times getting the little stuff right requires crushing. It requires crushing. And we don't like to be crushed. We don't like to be told we're wrong. We don't, we don't like to be told we need to get better. We don't like to be told that that's not what God's doing. Amen. Because we have decided what's good Right? Man has decided what's good. And if we check our own box, well, then God ought to bless us. God ought to bless me. My box is checked. So bless me, God. You know what that is? That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy is what that is. Amen? So we, we're called to something that requires us to be crushed, amen, figured of, of when wine and grapes are crushed to make wine, amen, and, and when olive is crushed to make what? Oil. And oil is symbolic of anointing, and anointing, as we know, is spiritual power, Right? So sometimes even in our crushing, we'll seek the wine rather than the oil. I'm, I'm laying some stuff that we're going to cover, all right? You with me? Amen? We, we, can seek the, we can seek the world. We can seek our comfort zone 
We can choose my way and not God's way and then wonder why full anointing and power and glory aren't ours, right? It's because we refuse and run from the crushing, right? And then we can come under scope and allow the anointing, we can allow the anointing process to take place and begin to get crushed. And what do we do? We begin to choose the wine. We would rather have our grapes crushed and produce wine in ourselves rather than have our olives crushed and produce oil. Right? And you say, what's that mean? Right? It means that we would rather have something that comforts us and something that dilutes our senses and something that brings us to an okay place in the flesh rather than bring ourselves to a place that is fully submitted to God. Amen? And there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference because if you watch, if you watch, and this is why I'm making the point this morning, that when a lot of people are crushed, they find their refuge in things that get them through from day to day and moment to moment and feeling to feeling and emotion to emotion, still desiring the full bounty of God in their life rather than allowing that crushing to take them into the fullness of God and the oil of his anointing fall on their life. Amen? And, and, and you can back this up scripturally. The Bible talks to us about wine being a sensory object and if misused, it misguides. I'm paraphrasing, right? We also know, there, and, and I know, I know, I know, right, that it talks about a new wine, Right, and you can't put new wine in new skin. Amen. But here's the thing some point along the way, we've got to graduate from wine to oil. Right? That's the point I'm making this morning. I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about wine being good or bad, but I am talking about oil being the goal, oil being the vision, power from above being ours. Amen. And when we begin to grasp that that is, that is the ride we're on, so to speak, when we begin to grasp that, we'll understand what Jesus is, is talking about here in, in chapter 8. Amen? And understand that if he taught anything different, they could have taken hold of him at that moment, considered it blasphemy, and put him to death right then. Amen? So, so it's important that we understand the dynamics of what's going on in this teaching in the real time when Jesus was there and for our lives. Amen? And so we, we give you that little bit as a, as a prelude this morning. We're in John chapter 8. We're probably going to be camped out in John 8 uh, for a few weeks as, as long as God allows. Because there's a whole lot of stuff here. A whole lot of stuff for us to unpack. So let me, let me start by reading. It says, then Jesus spake again unto them, and this is where we ended last week. Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, and thy record is not true. You see, they've already made up their minds. 
They've already made a declaration of what He's allowed to do and not allowed to do. Amen. We ever do that to God? Oh, God, bless me, but bless me right here. Don't bless me anywhere else. Amen. And if it's not right here, it's not really you. Right? Because, because this is what I want. Right? You told me, you told me that, that ask not, get not. So I'm asking right here, God. Right? Well, maybe God's going to bless you over here. Maybe God's going to bless you over here to get you here. But you refuse it because you're all that. Right? Simple enough, you're about yourself and you're not about God. You're about what you want, but you're not about God. Amen? Because maybe God needs to start your blessing here to teach you and mold you and crush you so he can anoint you for the power that comes when you get here. Amen? Because right now where you are, you can't handle what's here. And you need anointing to do it. You need anointing to live in it. You need anointing to walk in it. You need fire from heaven to accomplish that task. You might want it. It's maybe even been prophesied over you. Amen. But you can't get here until God brings you through the process to there. Amen. I'm going to share something with you. And I want you to listen. In, in Genesis chapter 2, I think it's verse 9. The Bible talks about two trees in the middle of the garden. The tree of life, and, and we've talked before, right? When, when we were talking through the, the churches of Revelations, we talked before about how the Garden of Eden was an exact replica of what Revelations tells us heaven is going to look like. Amen? So what God was doing in that moment was he was essentially creating a place for Adam and Eve to reside in the abundances of heaven. And if we really want an idea of what heaven is going to look like, we can go back to the garden to do it. But there were two trees. The tree of life, which represented God, because all he can provide, all he can do, is give us life, right? And here's the gotcha. Here's the one that made me go, hmm. The other tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? What did that tree do when they disobeyed and took a bite of it? It destroyed Adam and Eve. It destroyed mankind. It made them know sin, right? It made them know, yes, Deron, it made them know good and evil, right? And we'll all hear that and we'll all be like, okay, but think about that for a minute. What God was essentially doing was God was saying, I don't want you to know evil, right? We can all hear that and be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. God doesn't want me to know sin. God doesn't want me to understand sin. God doesn't want me to desire sin. But think for a minute. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God didn't want us to know good either. Now, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, so hang with me. God didn't want us to know good either. 
Why, Pastor Jay? Isn't that crazy? Wouldn't God want us to know good? Wouldn't God want us to walk in good? Everything else, no. Because goodness is of ourself. Right? What God was saying is, I don't want you to walk in goodness to where you think you're something when you're nothing. And I don't want you to walk in evil, so don't eat that apple. Don't eat that fruit from that tree. What I want you to do is I want you to walk in me. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to hear my word. I want you to understand what I'm doing in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. In matters there, not on. Amen. Newer translations will tell you on earth. Amen. It's in earth because he's talking about this. He's talking about our heart. Amen. So it's in us, the earth in us, in earth. Amen. God is saying to us, I don't want you battling good and evil. I don't want you being good and thinking you've accomplished something. I don't want you doing just enough to feel good about yourself and stop there. I want you to know my voice. I want you to feel my presence. And I want the things that I place into your hand to be things of power and things of light and things of glory that take you to where I am always. Amen? Amen? You see, the worst thing that ever happened to us wasn't knowing what was bad. The worst thing that ever happened to us was knowing what was good. Because we take refuge in being good. Y'all's wheels are spinning. I can see them, right? But the reality, church, is that's true. That's true. I've been there. Oh, Lord, here's my resume, Lord. I've done this. I've done that. I've I've been here. I've been there. I've, I've, I've checked this box. I've checked that box. Blah, 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 blah. Amen? What am I saying? Lord, I'm good. Right? And that's about the time God does a face palm. I never wanted you to know good. And this is why. This is why. Because I didn't want you to justify that good was enough. I wanted you to have all of me. Everything about me. All that I am, I wanted you to have. And knowing good, knowing good keeps us from it. Knowing good keeps us from the fullness of God. Because we justify that it's enough. We justify that it's okay. Well, at least I'm not like so-and-so. I can have church in my house. Right? Why? Because I'm good. I'm good enough. I don't need to be crushed because I'm good enough. I don't need to be taught because I'm good enough. I don't need community worship because I'm good enough. Right? And you know what? When when you take the reality of that and you measure it, when you rightly divide it, goodness separates us from God as much as evil separates us from God. Right? And when when you understand that, 
Amen. All the things we've talked about so far in the book of John, all of the things that we've processed in the book of John, considering how Jesus lived. And that's what we're doing. We're still in the whole Jesus together thing. Amen. Is it up there? Nope, it's not. So we're still in the middle of the Jesus together thing where we're saying, I want Jesus. So I can come with might and power and glory together with my brothers and sisters and speak to the mountain and speak to the wind and make a move. Right? Isn't that, isn't that the goal? Isn't that the desire? Amen? To drive out the darkness, even the darkness in our good And say, Lord, I want to be like you. I don't want to be like me in your name. Right? That's goodness. That's goodness. Lord, I want to be like you. I want our church to be full of him. Of God. Amen? I don't need I don't need meisms. I don't need me stuff. I don't need I don't need self glory. I don't need vanity. I don't I, I don't need self serving theology, amen. Because we will not get to the fullness of God through those things, amen. We will only get to the fullness of God through the crushing and the choosing of the oil. The choosing of the oil. Amen? Because that is, where, that is where light fills us up. Amen? I was, I was talking to someone this week, a good friend of mine. And, and I guess he had been catching up on the Jesus Together series. And he's like, man, you really push and challenge your congregation. He said, uh, uh, do they love you? And I said, well, I think they do. They tell me they do. They act, you know, like they do most of the time. Right? It's a joke. Right? So, I, I think so. And he said, how do, you, how do you get by with that level of pushing? And I said, the key is, the key is to love them unconditionally out of the pulpit. Love them with everything you've got. In every part of life. And when they know you're bringing a powerful word to them, they know it's coming in love and not in wrath. Amen? And I think, I think, I think there's a lot of men in pulpits today that mess that up. Amen? They, they, they bring down the wrath. They bring down the good. Huh? They bring down the good from themselves without ever loving. Amen. And if we're gonna if we're gonna look at the life of Christ, and, and if we're gonna get the Jesus part of this right, Amen. We're gonna see that that's how Jesus did it. Jesus loved first. He loved first, and by loving, he was able to introduce his fullness and his power to those that he embraced. Right. He could introduce the idea that there's more than where you're at. And it come across from love rather than wrath. Amen? And a lot of us have this picture of God, like somebody standing up there with a fist 
pounded and pounded on the desk. Do it my way. That's not God. And if that's our idea of God, if that's how we think God is, amen, we need to come back over here and start here instead of pretending we're here. Because it's not how he works. He works in love. And he works in grace. And he works in mercy. Amen. He will take you with every single fault and love you unconditionally. With the hope that he can show you truth and life. Amen. You see, he said, here's the tree of life. And here's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't take a single bite. Don't even look at it, Scripture says. Don't even look at it. He did not even want us to begin to reason in our heart and our mind, good or bad. But the tree of life, he gave zero restrictions to. Zero restrictions. Why? Because he wanted us to have all of it. He wanted us to receive all of it, and he wanted us to walk in all of it, and he wanted us to understand all of it, and he wanted us to live in all of it. Amen? Zero restrictions to the fullness of God in our life. And our biggest struggle with this is because we've accepted good over evil, and we think it's good enough. Amen? God is saying forget them both. God's saying forget good and forget evil. And find me. Find me. And learn of my fullness. Learn of my fullness. Listen. Last week I didn't even read the scriptures to you. and uh, I chastised myself for that. Because I think the full power comes from the word, not from me. And I always want to make sure that, that you get that. They challenged him that his record wasn't true because it was his record. Again, not recognizing who he was. Why? Because they were full of good. Right? They were full of good. Jesus answered and said unto them, though, I'm in verse 14, though I bear record of myself. Listen to these words. Right? It's important that we get the whole tree thing that I just laid down for you to get this. Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. So here's some guy standing in the courtyard of the temple saying, yeah, I really don't have anyone to prove it or back me up, but my record is true. Amen? And they discounted it. They, they questioned him. They held him at odds in every way. Why? Because they didn't know him. Right? We're going to read that here in just a second. They didn't know him. Why did they not know him? Because good was good enough. Because good was good enough. Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh. Ye judge after good and evil. Ye judge after works. Ye judge after, after feel good. Ye judge after emotions. Amen? Ye judge after the flesh. 
I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. You know, this, this is kind of a foot-stomping moment from Jesus. He said, I don't need anyone else to bear record of me. I am that I am. Right? When, when God appeared to Moses and said, I am that I am. I mean, this is Jesus' I am that I am moment. This is Jesus doubling down on God saying, I don't need anyone else to bear record of me. I'm the Christ. Right? And if ye had, if ye had known me, if ye had known the Father... If ye had understood the tree of life rather than the tree of good and evil, you would know who I am. The scriptures would unfold themselves to you and you would know who I am. These are the scholars. He's speaking in the treasury of the temple, right? These are the scholars. And if they hadn't rested on good and evil, if they had rested in the tree of life and all of God, they would have known who Jesus was. Because everything that they studied and everything that they prepared and everything that they learned and everything that they knew and all of their expectations were caught up in who he is. Amen? And they missed it. They missed it. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then they said unto him, right, this is the point. This backs up everything I've given you so far. Then, they, then said they unto him, where is thy Father? They didn't know. They didn't know. Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. I never want to stand there. Right? I would rather stand in a place where I fall on my knees and acknowledge, right? Acknowledge that I've got nothing to offer. I've got nothing to give. I would rather be in a place of crushing, understanding and knowing who he is rather than standing in a place where I'm all that. I'm all that. Amen. Follow after me. And I am so thankful I have a Savior that never presented his gospel that way. Amen? So thankful. Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my Father. If he had known me, you should have known my Father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Just think of that power. Right? I, I read that. And, and I kind of think, okay, what's the point of that verse? This is how I read the Bible. I'll read the Bible really goofy, right? And, and I'm like, what's the point of that verse? Why does that verse really matter and everything else? And, and there's a lot of things. I mean, I've, I've actually got like two or three pages of notes as to why that might matter, but that's a whole other sermon series to be continued. Um, but, but the reality for us today is, I just want to say this, imagine that power. Imagine that kind of godly power and authority. 
that even if they wanted to, they could not lay hands on him. Right? I don't know about you, but that's kind of a win. listen to my voice. And who are you, great mountain kind of moment. Right? They can just get out of the way. Right? Because Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Then said Jesus, verse 21, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins, because whither I go ye cannot come. What is he saying there? Good can't come. Evil definitely can't come, but neither can good. Right? And doing this good, amen, doesn't bring you into the fullness of the Father. And only the fullness of the Father allows you to come. Right? So what he's saying to all of us is, forget the tree of good and evil. Quit eating the apple. Quit taking the fruit of this life and absorb ourselves in the tree of life. Amen? Just the naming ought to excite us, right? The tree of life. Amen? Is it the tree of death? No. Is it the tree, is it the tree of worry? No. Is it the tree of misery? No. Is it the tree of hurt? No. Is it the tree of, of, of calamity? No. What is it? It's the tree of life. What does that tell me? It means that no matter where I am and no matter what I'm going through and no matter where I'm at in life, I am present with God. I am present with Jesus. And if the three of us stand alone, it's okay because I'm full of the life. That they give me. I am walking in the fullness of God. Amen. And I am absolute and I am resolute in that. And nothing, nothing can take that away from me. I can give it up. It's another sermon series. But I can give it up. But nothing can take it from me. Because it's of the power of God. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are, this, ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Let's, let's break that down. Ye are from beneath. I am from above. You want to know why, why God created the garden so that it was a replica of heaven? Because he intended us to live in his presence, right? We all agree with that. We've said it since we were three years old in, in, in Sunday school, right? We were all made to live in his presence, right? What did that mean? He intended us to stay in his presence, right? And he intended us to live in earth as it were, yeah, you go, you got it, as it is in heaven, right? I mean, Jesus just ain't making up prayers when he unfolds this thing to us, right? He says to us, let us live in earth 
as it is in heaven. What's God saying? God's saying, I gave it to you from the very beginning. I gave you the fullness of it from the very beginning. I gave you everything you ever needed, everything you ever wanted. It was by my hand, and it was good. It was pure. It was righteous. And you just needed to stay there. You just needed to stay there with me. And none of these things would have come into your life. None of these things would have been part of who you were. We would not even be having this conversation if you had just stayed there. Right? In earth, in me, Jesus. In me, Jesus. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. Amen? I want to say something. I don't want, I don't want to be political at all. When, when Jesus put this on my heart, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to be those preachers. I don't want to be political. Political doesn't belong in, in the pulpit. So understand this. I'm not being political at all here. Right? This has nothing to do with that stuff. Right? But I had someone ask me the other day, based on something that, that I said, oh, you're not woke, are you? Right? And I just kind of looked at him. And I said, Oh, I'm fully woke. I'm fully woke. I am so woke, you can't handle how woke I am. Amen? And then, and then you know, he went from being the aggressor to kind of being like, Oh, what have I stepped into? Right? And, and I said to him, I'm so woke, you can't handle how woke I am. I said, let me tell you what woke's doing to man. Amen. Not doing to those set apart, but what woke's doing to man is it's making them victims. I don't, I don't, I don't care who they are. I don't care what they are. I don't care, I, I don't care what the situation is. I am not interested in the politics of this whatsoever. Amen. But I'll tell you heaven's position. Heaven's position is quit being a victim and quit listening to the garbage out there from both sides making you victims. Amen? And step into the wokeness of who God is. Step into the tree of life. Step into the fullness. Let the, let the crushing happen, but allow the crushing to be for you. Let it be for you. Let it be something that is taking your life from here to here so that you exalt the name of Jesus and by so doing, he exalts you into his company and into his presence. Amen. As long as you're a victim, you'll always be a victim and you'll never have everything God has for you. Amen. If you look throughout scripture, you see this. If you look throughout Scripture, you see this. Joseph could have been woke. Oh, it's just not fair. I'm the youngest kid, so this happens to me. Right? He, he could have been earthly woke. Amen? But what did he do? He's like, oh, I've got, I'm here for a reason. Amen? So I'm going to serve God in it. And God just kept promoting him. Crushed him again. Kept promoting him. Crushed him again. Kept promoting him. Crushed him again. Kept promoting him. Right? Gideon. Amen. Gideon could have, could have grabbed hold of the earthly politics and the earthly dilemma and everything else and said this and said that and, and everything else. Wait a minute, God. I, I agreed to serve. I agreed to follow. You proved the whole wool thing, right? I know you're here, but man, now you've cut my army. 
down to nothing. Amen. But what did he do? It's like, okay, a handful of us, we're going to go win a war. Right? Why? Because he was alive. He was, he was fully woke and alive in Jesus. So yeah, you want to you, you wanna talk to me about woke? You can't handle my woke. You can't handle it. Amen? Because it's going to push you to a level you're not ready to go. Amen? As, and, and finally the guy was just like, okay, 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 I get it. And I was like, do you? Do you really get it? Because anytime you want to bring this back up, we'll have the conversation. He said, no, 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 you, you said it best in the beginning. I wasn't ready for what you were bringing to the table. I said, well, when you are, when you are, let's get a cup of coffee. Because I love you. Wait, what? What did I say in the beginning? You got to love, man. You got to love. Amen? So what I'm saying is there's a whole lot of stuff in the world. There's a whole lot of stuff in our culture. And we will despise someone across the aisle from us. Because they believe this and we believe that. Amen. And neither one of us are believing in the tree of life and the fullness of God. Because we're wrapped up in good and evil. We're wrapped up in good and evil. Amen. And God is looking at us today saying, amen. And I'll close here. God is looking at us. God's closing here. He told me to shut my book. Amen. God is looking at us today and saying, I want you here. I want you taking the fullness of the tree of life into who you are and into what you are. And I want you to let go of good and evil. I want you to let go of good and evil because both, amen, are taking you to hell. Both are taking you to hell. Are you with me? Both good and evil are taking you to hell. The only thing, Jesus said it in the treasury, the only thing that gets us to where he is, and he's the only thing that gets us to where God is, amen, is him. 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 Right? Spent some time with uh, our friend Nate this week back in the office. We, we were together for about three hours and we talked about a lot of things. And he's like, you know, we're so caught up in what God owes us. And I, and I love the way he put this. We're so caught up in what God owes us that we have forgotten the price of our sin. Amen. Amen. If we can't even put something on the cross, if I, let's, let's put it in my terms, if Jay can't even put something on the cross good enough to replace my sin, what, thinks, what, what right do I have to think he owes me anything beyond the cross? Right? Yes. Yeah. Right? It's about him, friends. It's about him and only him. And allowing his life, amen, 
his life beyond, beyond food, beyond raiment, beyond, amen, in his own words several weeks ago, amen, beyond even Scripture. It's about him moving us into the truth and the fullness of God. Amen? And when we, and when, and when we operate from that place, we operate in the fullness of this book. Amen? Because we, we can operate from this book just like the Pharisees did and be good and still go to hell. Amen. That's what Jesus said, said to them, right? Red words. I can read them again to you. Amen. You cannot go. You cannot go to where I am. Amen. There's a tree of life. And it is in the center of the garden. So church, I challenge you. Center your life on that tree. Stand and sing.